Welcome to the Raising Successful Kids podcast. This is a podcast where we will discuss and explore how to raise children to be successful in all areas of their life. Irene Santanier is a working mum of an entrepreneurial child and shares a passion with her husband to see children succeed. And now, introducing your host, Irene Santanier. Thank you very much for joining the podcast today. Uh, Welcome to another episode of Raising Successful Kids. I hope this episode finds everyone well, healthy and happy. It's been a hot week here in the UK, so I hope that's set to continue as well. And today I'm very privileged actually to have somebody who's been on my podcast list of guests for a long time. I wasn't sure if I would ever have the privilege of having him on the podcast and he reached out to me this week and you know that's what happens when when you decide you're gonna go and get somebody and then you put it out there and that's what happens so I'm very very happy to have um, Frederick Sandval on on the podcast today Uh, he's sitting in a car so I hope this comes over okay Uh, welcome to the podcast Frederick thank you very much Irene Uh, it's my pleasure thanks for for having me so I've done a little bit of research about you, but not not a great deal because I wanted to also be surprised at what I hear as well from you. So, but the main thing that struck me first of all is that um, you call yourself a serial entrepreneur. Yes. So you're used to being successful and you're used to being around successful people and you're probably used to teaching people how to think and be successful as well, which is what the podcast is, is about, but for young people. Yes. So yes. can you just um, just expand on what a serial entrepreneur is means to you and why you call yourself that? Absolutely. Serial uh, because it's more than two. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, I set up my very first business when I was 17 completely on my own uh, efforts and through the energy it was partly linked to school so we set up a company just to learn how to run a business okay. uh, which I thought was a really good experience mm. and and then since then I have set up uh, more than a handful of businesses uh, more than five in the property property management and property developments and also like a whole like portfolio companies as well okay uh, sometimes you have like even a, a, co- a company for a specific property even if you have enough for really big ones okay. uh, then in addition to that i have been running consulting companies since early 2000 and properties since like 1997 so yeah the number of companies have been adding up over the years and uh, I usually say like how many have you have you got and I usually say more than a handful and that's, that's absolutely true and not a uh, big uh, yeah yeah I got more than that so that that means uh, serial and so far all of them are trading except one the one when I was 17 so that's also quite unusual yeah while all companies usually die all of mine are still alive wow so um if they're all obviously still trading so you have a big team of employees that look after stuff so that you can carry on scaling up every company every setup is, is unique and now i have to correct myself actually one one company we on, on purpose put into administration but that, there i was just a, a board member hmm. uh, so i have correct myself to be absolutely accurate so yeah one company we we closed down 
because the the backers uh, changed their minds. Mm. So yeah, sometimes we take it donor money, mm. uh, then the money sometimes speak louder than than anything else. Yeah, yeah. So you've yes. learnt over the years how to go with the flow and and also to predict what's been. Can you see what happens, or do you? How do you? Yeah, I, the strongest reason why I can see where things are going is. I help so many others. Mm-hmm. So I'm coaching, I'm mentoring, I'm teaching, which means I'm not only dealing with my own stuff, yeah. I, I also deal and help everyone else. Yeah. Uh, uh, that means you really get like many, many, many times your own experience in, uh, in a very short time frame. Same when you do consulting, you just dive straight into the core of the, the heap of problems a business might have. Yeah. And you're learning uh, very, very fast from that as well. So and also dealing with senior executives and, and, and good other entrepreneurs from a broad range of industries. Mm. You see, see where things are going. Yeah. And, uh, of course, myself, I'm also following a number of influencers mm-hmm. all over the world, and they also put their projections where things are going. And mm. uh, to say the least, we have got exciting times ahead of us. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So, I mean, I know people are listening, and they're probably thinking that's not an English accent or an American accent that I'm listening to. So, can you just tell us a little bit about yourself, who you are, Absolutely. where you came from? You know, sort of. I know you said you started at 17, but what prompted you at that point? What was what was the reasoning behind starting your own business to learn how to run a business? Well. I am born in Sweden, uh, and I've been working in big parts of the world. Uh, I'm up to more than 40 plus countries where I've been working. Mm-hmm. When you travel, you get perspective, mm-hmm. uh, and um, you appreciate what you have, and uh, also you see people in different situations. I've been working in, in a number of different wars. I've also been working with aid work in, in Africa, Middle East, and Asia. Wow. The same thing, you also really know how, how lucky you are. Mm. That whole thing really is giving you a strength in yourself, yeah. but also you, you also carry along a lot of memories as well. So I've been working with everything from open up like mass graves in, in uh, Srebrenica in, in Bosnia to so many of things to having friends mm. who have been killed. Mm. Uh, so you have to be uh, lucky and, and mentally strong over time i met many friends who have been less fortunate than myself mm. uh, but i think that is back to the whole idea like what started i got a very big curiosity drive mm. uh, and no many children come too late in this episode i'm guess this is just taken as like a problem in the school world for example were your parents entrepreneurial where did it come from my dad was uh, entrepreneurial, but he did it uh, in, a, in a very different way. So completely no support at all. Also, he set it up mainly to save on tax. And if you like to save on tax with a business, that means you, you're never having the aspiration to have a profit, mm. which is completely against my principles. You yeah. like to have a profit, otherwise you don't really have a, a strong business. Yeah. So dad interested in property he was interested in business but he never really took it to a higher level because he did everything on his own mm-hmm. even like to do like the refurbishments of houses on his own so with no leverage mm-hmm. no support team and only yourself yeah. then 
there's only much, so much you can do in, yeah. in, your, in your life. Yeah, which makes, I'm listening to you, so you're obviously a big fan of leveraging, you're obviously a big fan of scaling. At what stage in your businesses do you yes. do that? The biggest transformation was when I, I was also an officer, uh, intelligence officer, and also worked with Special Forces for many years. Okay. The biggest transformation there was when I moved from first, like having a team of leader of eight people, mm-hmm. including yourself, mm-hmm. and then all of a sudden you got like 48 people, yeah. and then next <laughs> after that was like 250 people plus. Wow. Wow. Uh, and it was between those two, the, la- the later we, 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 um, where I had to change. Mm. So instead of knowing everything, I have to trust to get on with what they do. Yeah. So at the level of company commander, I had the biggest in, in the whole military uh, regiment. I had to trust people to, to do it and yeah. also trust people to do it, not in my way, but in their own way. Yes. And that's okay. Yeah. So I think to, to be able to let go uh, and not have it exactly your way, that is a really st- strong strength to have. That, of course, mm-hmm. uh, I, I like to have things under control, mm-hmm. which is the opposite of, of delegating. Yes. So, yeah, that's, that's uh, another interesting business tweak. Uh, yeah. And, and the de- delegating is also link, linked to how you do things even in your family as well, because you have got different strengths and, and too many things to do anyway. Yeah. Yeah, no, I know. And I think it's a it's a very good skill to learn. It's a very good skill to also see if you can pass it on and if other people pick it up because they don't necessarily pick it up. And then that's when you yep. determine who are very good workers and who are very good leaders, those that listen and take it and run with it and, like you say, do it themselves successfully. And that's when you have to, as you said, learn to trust that they're doing it the results are the way the results that you want, but they don't necessarily yes. the way that you would yourself get there. Exactly. Yeah, mm-hmm. and and I'm hammering in the the power of leverage, which has really helped me to get to where I am today. Yeah. None of the business would be as successful if I didn't trust other people. Yeah. Uh, my partners, contractors, employees, yeah. customers, as well as suppliers. Mm. If you just trust people mm-hmm. until they prove otherwise yeah. which is exactly the, the other way around to my dad to teach me like don't ever trust anyone yeah. if i do it the other way around instead yeah. so many many of my ways how i do things is just the complete opposite to how my dad did it's almost like revolting so mm. uh, doing entrepreneur things and property different yeah family certain aspects different uh, not revolting to my dad but just looking back yeah. and reflecting and being mindful like how did all of this happen of course there's so many things in life which has influenced both of us mm-hmm. uh, but it's interesting sometimes you just sit down and think, where did that actually come from yeah uh, what, what was like the decisive point that changed direction of, of, of your life which has happened many times for both of us yeah no it's fun it's a fantastic um yeah i'm i'm, I'm really inspired by that that you have um taken how your dad ran his businesses how he how you saw him working and thought yeah that's great but it's not exactly I can't scale it this way and I think there is a um, I know for some people in my family there was a certain level of how they ran their businesses that they wouldn't they didn't know how to scale up they ran very successful businesses but only successful to a point and I think when you're working with young people or whoever it might be that 
the attitude of success, you have to have leverage with that. Otherwise, you can't make that jump. I completely agree. Okay, so you're, the podcast, you run a podcast yourself, um, and it's got right. a fan- fantastic title called Invest in You. Um, and I have been listening to it and yep. I subscribe to it myself. So, how did you come up with that concept, and, and what does that mean for you, Invest in You? For me, it, it means exactly what, what the, the letters say. It's like investing in yourself can be so many things. It is linked to number one, we want you to talk about this because it is holistic. Mm-hmm. If you just focus one thing in, in your life, everything else will fall to. And, and we also know at the same time, it's almost impossible to have balance. Mm. Uh, so this like work-life balance or, or balance between your health, uh, your wealth. So invest in you means how I invest in my own body and mind. I'm not very spiritual mm. uh, in, in, in a traditional sense. Mm-hmm. Uh, I do like to invest in my personal development mm. and I do that every week of the year i'm doing more learning my podcast mm-hmm. uh, reading a, a very high quantity of books mm-hmm. i uh, still attend uh, both formal education and informal more informal education like uh, the typical personal development courses like the short one day two hour or or mm-hmm. a couple of days but I, I went to even harvard university as late as in november mm-hmm. so i haven't closed down the door of academia either wow. What were you doing over in Harvard? What are you trying? What are you learnt wanting to study uh, yeah. there? I was doing their, their most advanced uh, negotiation training. Mm. So it was six, six, sixty of us coming from all over the world, uh, already professionals in our own field, mm-hmm. uh, and learning how to be even better at the negotiation table. Mm. And what? And what were you? Very interesting indeed. I'm sure it was. I'm uh, sure it was fascinating. Really fun, fun role plays and so on. What was your main takeaway from that? The biggest thing was really how to manage multi parties and multiple stakeholders. Something I always have tried to do, mm-hmm. but this time it was even more apparent where we had a case study where there wasn't really a perfect solution. So everyone, if everyone else focuses on their own thing, nothing will be the result. Mm-hmm. But everyone was prepared to find a creative solution. There was really op- good optimal solutions to, to be found. Mm. Uh, same time, everyone there was very competitive, just like usually is in, mm. in negotiation. So uh, there we saw, we saw lies, we saw deceit, wow. we saw, <laughs> saw correlations, mm. and all of this in a very short condensed time. And we, we saw everything that we can see in the business life. It was fascinating to see how how competitive some of us are, including yeah. myself, obviously. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I don't. You don't get to where you are, and not be. You can't get to and scale and be have as many businesses as you yourself yeah. have, for example. True. If you're not competitive, it's just not going to happen, is it? That's true. That's and, true. And I think when you're um, working with young people or you're dealing with people who are new in business, how do you? show them that competitive is good because there's a lot of um there's you know in this day and age there's a lot of stuff going out that it's not good to be competitive at all but then when they come into if they want to run a business they're not going to be successful if they're not if they don't have that competitive edge so how how do you 
you have children yourself. So how do you encourage them to be competitive without standing on people's heads and being horrible about it, if you see what I mean? Yeah, I absolutely see what you mean. And uh, I really want my kids to be uh, competitive because mm. I want them to have, like, let's call it the, the, the winner head. Yeah. So I want them to want to win. So therefore I hate when the school gives a medal everyone for participation yeah uh, it sends completely the wrong message about achieve anything in life uh, yeah. business health or whatever but that's like it's in the uk it's in sweden so many of, of the western countries where the, the entitlement mm. uh, everything should be like given on a silver platter yes um, it should be easy in sweden we've got an expression if i translate it to english we call it curling parents mm. are you familiar with the sport so basically uh, you've got like the, the big stone mm. on the ice and you try to hit the, the goal and you're swiping the ice just in front of the stone the whole time so there's no friction mm. no risks no problems and that's almost like sometimes what we do i know you you got you got the you got your little entrepreneur back home as well so yeah, yeah. you know what i mean yeah, we yeah. try to make it easy for them but we also we mustn't make it easy for them. So they need to have some hardship. Yeah. Uh, I think one way how we have had our kids to be competitive is that they have been doing sports. Mm-hmm. So they've both been uh, in taekwondo since very young age, mm. since they were four. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was now 15 and Shaul is 13. And I think they will get their black belt in December. Wow. Uh, they've both been competing on national level. Mm. Uh, it, so frustrated because he usually ends up being number two <laughs> and, and he has got like a, a mixed um, bag of results including winning a number of all the trophies yeah so the, that is one thing and also especially back home me and my wife are super different we are really like on Talk different teams. planets teams. yes we are very 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 yeah, different polars. Like one is north, one is south, okay. which is really good and really frustrating at the same time. Mm. Um, so the kids get so many things from both of us, but they are different and complementing things, and very often conflicting as well. Mm. So if you take one thing linked to the podcast and and many of, of the listeners, if you just discussed like money, how to look for money, mm. I'm just saying the whole time to the kids, like we have money. And my wife thinks we don't have any money because she doesn't have like a huge surplus in, in her in her account because all the money is out working for us, making small money babies. Yeah. Um, so on one side, she thinks like we've got no money. And I'm trying to explain everything inside out, how the business works and, and the numbers for the kids. And I, I won't mention in numbers here, but uh, it's, uh, yeah, it's quite a lot on the, on the asset side yeah. and also a lot on, on the on the good debt side as well yeah. but in a super healthy balance like uh, you also in property right mm-hmm. yeah we do. so my, my, my just to share one number my personal loan to value including all debt is less than 50 percent yeah which is super healthy so i got lots and lots of equity mm. but you can't eat that you mm. can't see that but it is there so as a massive buffer anything ever happened we can pull out a lot yeah uh, but it's very hard to explain that Sometimes, uh, if the other person is not interested to talk about that, yeah. I just shared a quote uh, from 
myself a super ego, uh, but I took it from someone else's podcast the other day. Mm -hmm. uh, if we don't talk about money, how can we learn about money? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. It's very uh, important. And it's, it's a well-known fact that um, money is a more taboo subject than talking about sex. People are much happier to talk about sex, what they do, how they, how often, whatever it might be, um, yes. but they will not, under any circumstances, talk about either to their partners, wives, husbands, yep. whoever. They won't talk about how much they have, how they earn it, where it goes, um, yep. what they're going to do for their future, any, nothing. Um, and you know, I talk very often, um, and I have spoken on the podcast before about. Um, an example of some members in my family who had separate drawers for their money. And yep. if one person took money out of the other person's drawer, they had to put in an IOU and they made sure that yep. they paid it back. And they had no idea how e how much each one of them was worth. Not at all. And they've been married for a long, long time. And I, you yep. know, I think it's fundamental when you're teaching children about business about how to be successful whatever it might be certainly about um making having that mindset of being successful that you have to be open and honest about what money is what money does how you can use it um to good and if you don't use it to the to good yes. how it can destroy your lives very easily so um yeah no i yes. think it, i think it's fundamental when especially when you're bringing up kids in your own family you need you need to have a very healthy relationship with money yeah exactly it's the same way with uh, with education as well mm. uh, we, we have got a lot of education both me and my wife mm. uh, I mean I got my all my military degrees obviously and in addition to that I've got one uh, bachelor in business and two masters also in business including an MBA wow. so that I've been doing a Studying, I studied law, I studied medicine. Mm -hmm. so I read a lot, mm -hmm. uh, pick up many things. Luckily, my wife has also studied. Okay. Uh, so many families were uh, one into to, uh, university, the other one hasn't. Mm -hmm. And there's usually some kind of like conflict of, of the value with the university. Mm -hmm. uh, and, and we probably follow quite a few similar influences as well, where we can discuss like, should the children go? or not mm. uh, and that's something we were discussing a lot I'm quite pleased that both my kids are still curious enough so I hope and think they will go yeah. to university but I ideally I like to have them down the, the route of like personal development where you take accelerated learning mm. so I even surely they were to are you familiar with a person called Roger Hamilton so they, mm -hmm. they went to Roger Hamilton's uh, uh, business accelerator Okay. Two years ago mm. uh, in Bali, so they were super young, um, and uh, so we took them out of school uh, so they can work on their business. At the time, we call it junior MBA. So basically, they were learning about entrepreneurship and teaching other children about entrepreneurship. So we worked on their business plan and everything else, and. The first weeks, they were the people who were contributing the most wow. because they dare to speak. Yeah. And all our, our, everyone else in the, myself, I think I was probably the adults, absolutely among, among the, the younger of us. Uh, and 
had shown in Ivan at uh, 11.13 at the time, talking about business, cash flow, uh, your marketing, to the resistance. Yeah, yeah. so there's, there's so many. Uh, my brother, my youngest brother, Matthias, Spanish, English, and uh, uh, Swedish. Wow. While it's a bit hard for us to learn a new language. <laughs> That's amazing. That's amazing. Who in, who's inspired you to be like this, Frederick? I think it comes from like uh, a very deep-rooted curiosity. Mm. So I was very hard to have as a child because I always asked one million questions. Okay. <laughs> so who who, who influenced you then? Like my mum was like like. I don't know, because I, I was the oldest. I always found my own way. Okay. And I didn't really have any role models until mid-teen, when I started to be more curious about the military and started to do a very comprehensive training to be able to pass a sec- the selection for Special Forces. Okay. Uh, then I had clear role models in terms of like the, the military officer, so they... They were really cool, I thought, at the time. Yeah. Um, but then most of my role models have been later in life. So we got positive and negative role models. Mm-hmm. We got the ones, if we learn how to be the opposite, how yeah. to relate and, and try to be like. Yeah, yeah. But it's quite, I mean, I'm getting from you, obviously, this curiosity that you had as a child that you've developed into other yeah. areas and it's it's led you to running various businesses which have taught you to be influenced by. I mean, obviously you've got lo- you've got mentors. I would assume that without yeah. even saying anything. But so you're you're taking advice from them, and you're you're learning all the time. And it sounds as if you're never never going to stop learning. And you're obviously no. you're obviously pass that on to your children at some point. Is was that your goal when you start when you had kids that that was how you were going to bring them up? Yeah, if I could give them anything, it would be that curiosity. And then where they take that, I very much like them to pick their own direction. Mm-hmm. Um, they're already quite different. Sean is, is much more interested in terms of what I'm doing, entrepreneurial things. And mm-hmm. even it's much more interesting in terms of what I used to do with like physical training. So it's, it's super fit. Mm-hmm. I think that we... Unlike trees, we don't have roots. So mm. we can literally, you can right now take your whole family and move to Australia, should you wish, yeah. or somewhere else in the world. Yeah. Uh, it's, of course, hard sometimes when you come from a... Uh, but you can still take your family to the other side. That is doable. In, in Yeah, but I think that comes from you being curious anyway. You've obviously got yes. a very... Um, accommodating wife who will allow you to do that as well um so when you have that curate natural curiosity and um there are you know young people that i've seen um who have that and it's about giving them the encouragement and the positivity to say yes just go do it because you're safe we, we know exactly i know exactly where you are you know where i am if you need me if you fall flat on your face, it doesn't matter because that's still a learning experience. Um, and I think that's yes. a really important thing that we need to get over to young people th- these days, that this attitude of success doesn't necessarily mean that you're going to be successful at everything. It's about learning 
and using that as a tool to leapfrog to further success, which is hopefully positive experience. Tell us a little bit about how you discipline yourself and your boys to think and be successful. Great question. I don't really discipline uh, the the boys per se. Um, something I learned in in the military, which I really like, but it's sometimes not so well received in terms of society. It's just if you call it consequence. Mm-hmm. So for well, I'm not using this uh, against my kids, but uh, but I wish I would do even more of that. So for example, if I had like a military unit and they had a time to be at, at specific time, mm-hmm. which means they might be in a hurry to get there. And if they're not there, well, too bad. You missed the ferry. You stay in the forest this night. Yeah. Uh, that's that's not a punishment. It's not just a consequence. Yeah. And, and, and you can figure that out. Mm-hmm. Like, you're coming to the, the ferry by this time or you will miss it. Mm-hmm. Um, so this kind of like element of consequence, I think, is something we could have even more in, uh, in teaching our kids. Yeah. Yeah. things about life uh, because if we make things way too easy and we remove all the consequences and, and hardships then it's really tough mm-hmm. um, have you seen the the movie Billionaire? No I have not I, I, I must admit I don't watch a lot of movies but um... no, that, that's, that's, that's great please don't do that but <laughs> I like to share one, one example from there so the, the dad is a billionaire the mum is trying to to uh, foster the kids mm-hmm. and she thinks they're way too privileged mm. and uh, she'd like to toughen them up by doing things that she used to do when she was young so getting out and uh, picking uh, clams in, mm. in, in the ice cold water because she used to do that and they like put in one foot and they're like oh we're going to die like no <laughs> you, you do do this yeah. uh, I could just toughen them up a bit and I'm thinking, I, I absolutely am doing that in directly and consciously, but I'm doing it differently. Mm. I'm doing it by leading by example. Mm-hmm. So we, we cut down like a huge number of, of trees in the winter just before the, melt, the, the ice melt on, on, the, on the lake. Mm-hmm. And uh, I was carrying logs like easily eight, nine hours, two days in a row, so like lifting many tons of timber. Mm. And I just try to keep up with uh, the chainsaw just to keep it busy to to keep it tidy in in the park we've got around the the grounds in Sweden. So uh, Sean is in there. We try to to have them involved and engaged in everything from household chores to how they do the homework. Uh, My wife has now gone back to teaching in in school. So actually she ended up being a French teacher at at the boarding school in Sweden because she complained about they don't have a teacher. So and she ended up being one. Uh, so that was a yeah, interesting twist that yeah. none of us could foresee. <laughs> so I'm not sure if I answered the question. So like, no, I don't really discipline the kids. In terms of how I discipline myself, uh, same thing there. Uh, I try to be really disciplined mm. and uh, try to not procrastinate, but we're all doing that. Yeah, And it's just a matter of how much or how little you mentioned it earlier on where you, you you talked a little bit or touched on it about talking about how kids have a sense of entitlement. Young people seem to have a sense of entitlement. Um, and that's really where the question has come from because um, I've seen and had comments about how how do you stop them 
having this sense of entitlement, how do you stop them not necessarily being spoilt, but trying to teach them that in the world when they're going to go out into the big wide world, they're not going to have everything come to them, whether they go to a job, which is what if they want to do that, that's fine, whether they want to run their own business, whatever they want to do, they've got to work for it. And they've got to put some effort in in order to get some gain back. And yeah. I, the, the, the root of that, for me, has to be self-discipline if you want to get to a goal you've got to be disciplined in order to get to that goal so you know I'm just curious how a serial entrepreneur like yourself who's bringing up your children to to think that way and to think a little bit differently from the norm how you stop them from having this sense of entitlement I think I probably give my kids less money than many of their Classmates, okay. I think I give them less stuff and clothing. Mm-hmm. Uh, I just try to explain is that like, well, if you don't spend it on like consumables, you can have this instead. So I haven't given them much toys or anything the last few years. So they got like stuff they really need. So like a really nice bike so they can get strong while going back and forth to school. Yeah. Um, or uh, other sports equipment like skis and so on. Not too much other things, but... Here is a twist. I am uh, rendering a number of shares in one of the companies. So instead of having, in this case, a quarter of a 10-bed HMO, mm-hmm. actually half half a HMO, I'm surrendering a part of the HMO and, and gifting the shares to my sons so that instead of having pocket money, so they, they will not have pocket money from me, mm. they instead have cash flow from the HMO. Okay basis but mm. only when it's profitable yeah which means this month sorry the hmo is not full so you get like half or none yeah that means like now they will see the business consequences and therefore hopefully be more interested to make sure that the hmo is performing yeah and all of a sudden that, that little thing is probably giving them just to give you a, a super rough number they'll probably get like 180 pounds plus each from that when everything is as it should be and, and the sun is shining and everything is full and working perfect and no repairs, no nothing, yeah. uh, which is a nice extra amount of money on a monthly basis. And also, yeah. they will have over time also part of obviously the equity. Yeah. And that's where you also start to see like a big difference where they will have growth on roughly 50k mm. a person mm. uh, over many, many, many years. Uh, in reality, we will have it like uh, a loan on that, yeah. a mortgage. So the actual equity might be like more of just over 15,000, which is a, a very big gift. Yeah. But in the end of the day, it's not my money. It's just money I have created mm-hmm. and, and, uh, and then given it to them so that they will be more interested in business at a really young age. So surely it's now a part owner in a 10 bed HMO worth a half million pounds. Mm. And so it's... But they had to work for that. So they, they've been doing stuff for the business. Charlie's doing social media stuff. And even has been very involved in, in the in the podcast earlier on. Mm. So not just giving them stuff. I'd like to have some kind of like reward so you can you can get this, but you have to do something for it. Yeah. Which means they're now starting the show. is super keen to start to make more money so we can invest money. Yeah. And to have a 13-year-old talk about that not like how to buy the next game we talk about like when i make more money so we're doing a book right now which is called how to make money as a teenager 
jointly okay. between yeah. us. Fantastic. And uh, there, there we are split the, the profit on the other side, uh, 50-50. And he's like, okay, what proportion should I save and how much should I spend? So I think he probably will invest like 80% of his proceedings and, and, and waste 20 and I already know that what he will waste in is, is also good stuff, like like a computer so he can make more money. Yeah. So it's really fun to see how it's, yeah, one, one thing gives the next, but it's always from leading by example, engaging them and mm. showing that one day, this day, we are doing the kind of landlord stuff that you don't even want to delegate. Mm. And then the next day, uh, we, we are on the beach yeah. and, and enjoying ourselves and everything between. Yes. And all of that is part of my yeah. lifestyle, which Oli uh, really likes. And even also when, when we've got time together. I mean, I think it's amazing what you're doing with them. And I've, I've met Charlie and I, you know, I think it's, I think it's phenomenal how he's thinking at such a young age and the example that you're lead, that you're giving him, I think is priceless. Um, but how do you, then balance that with the fact that he's a teen they're teenagers or that you know they're young people um what their peer group thinks of what they're doing um have they had any backlash from any of that just be interested because i know from people who have commented on previous podcasts they they have this um dilemma of yeah they want their kids to be different and they want them to be successful um but how how can i balance that with the peer group that they're mixing with it's super social it is very popular amongst both uh, younger people uh, older people at school Uh, ivan is more like uh lone wolf is just doing his own thing Uh, so it's like a rock Hmm. so the other one's like really care to have the the latest uh, and, and the best gadgets and stuff uh, and Ivan is just like yeah whatever makes you happy kind of mm. so he's extremely comfortable in his own skin yeah that's key uh, I think. much more comfortable than I was I was more more trying to fit in than he is so yeah they both found their own way linked to their personality yeah. uh, Sean is, is uh, very social Ivan is strong in, in other aspects, yeah. uh, but they, they are different. And it's fun to see how they are. And also probably they will do very different things when they grow up as well. Yeah, yeah. No, I think, well, I think it's obviously it's been embedded in them from when they were small, isn't it? That it's okay to be different. It's not a bad thing to be different. And yeah. if you're a leader, then that's what you will do naturally. Um, and other people will follow you or they won't but that's fine if they don't want to and if they want to be awful horrible to you that's fine as well because that's them that's not you and you know I think that's an amazing yeah exactly yeah and and, and also just another and and also just another example of just like finding his own way and just it's okay to make a statement I don't need to fit in too much surely bought like a tank top anyway so he he bought a one of those tops which has got like the whole rainbow colors and 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 he he's very familiar with the whole pride movement and all of those things and he's just like he's so comfortable so he it really doesn't even matter he just think it's cool and it's fun yeah. so he has bought it he will even he said that i'll even carry this to school back home in sweden mm-hmm. uh, and i'm sure he will get some some kind of like people will be mischievous with him and and try to harass him but he just take it yeah uh, and then there's I think that's so cool um that is just like it doesn't matter yeah. in, in a way of course it always matters what other people think 
But I think when they're strong enough to deal with it and it's water off a duck's back. So if, if the bullet person doesn't take any kind of like mental harm either, then I think it's just strengthening. But it's not always easy to not conform to everyone else. I also link to that, try to teach them about they are privileged, have people at different health, people at different wealth, people at different education. And, and you, you have got the choice to decide wherever you like to be on the bell curve. You can be the, the bottom hole, you really pick up on, and physically, and everything else as well. Do you have any questions for Shone? I can put him back to the core here. Okay. Um, got a bonus young person. <laughs> yeah, I wasn't expecting to, be, I, I will, to have will, a young person. Uh, no, okay, fine. Uh, so, well, you can listen in. She yeah. might or might not ask any questions. Mm -hmm. okay. Hi, Charlie. Uh, so now, s silence. Hi. <laughs> yeah. I was trying to entertain myself. I was just running around now. Okay. I'm really tired. <laughs> <laughs> Well, thank, I won't. Surely, I, won't we, I won't ask you too many questions. I'm just. I'm just very interested. Just tell me a little bit about yourself because I, I. I've met you, but I don't really know you, and I'd just really like to give the listeners a flavour of um of who you are because we've heard a little bit about you from your dad. So, just explain a little bit yeah. of what you do and and how old you are and all that sort of thing. Yeah. So I'm 14, and uh, Dad's goal basically is to make me help as many people as possible mm -hmm. which basically means that he is teaching me how to sell stuff and so on we're actually writing a book right now together yeah and we're doing a kick campaign well yeah i've been doing this for a couple of years since i was like 10 or 11 right yep. yeah and it's a bit of that me and dad have been doing we have a podcast together as you might know and yeah I do. what 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 to do when you you don't think about the, the business stuff, which is the podcast. What do you? What else do you like? Uh, just to do. Yep. Yeah, I'm into parkour and skiing and a uh, whole bunch of different things, more or less. I actually enjoy a lot of things. I okay, think you like. So, so you you games. like you like things that are quite risky, yeah. outside of business. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. My attitude to risk is uh, that I always try. I always try to just calculate it and uh, make sure that it is worth what I'm doing, basically. Mm -hmm. I take in a bunch of different factors and when I just go for whatever I do, if it's like a crazy jump and uh, if I'm pretty sure about it, then... Uh, and uh, I, of course, think it takes sometimes stupid risks. Yeah. But uh, hey ho, I'm a parent. Yeah, you're a parent. That's what comes of being a parent, isn't it? So I'm, I'm, I'm very interested in this. So just, um, we won't spend too much longer because I know you're sitting in a car somewhere. But I'm just interested in this idea that in business you're not taking, you know, everything has to be calculated to make sure that you've tried to cover as many bases as you can to cut the risk. But outside, particularly of Charlie's business career and business focus he's doing all these things that are are really quite risky so what do you do frederick in order to let you know what do you do to let off your steam so that you doing 
I also like uh, quite a lot of this so-called extreme sports. Okay. Um, <laughs> I uh, I have been doing quite a lot of uh, the multi sports where you do like many different things in, in like a long race. Okay. Uh, I like mountain bikes. Um, what people would really think is super dangerous is climbing, mm. cave diving, and mm. deep sea exploration. Wow. I think that will be outside the, the, the normal sport interests. Yeah. I also like cars uh, at, at different speeds, and uh, we we sometimes go to the the race tracks, which I enjoy. Mm. So yeah, I have many of those things. But you can imagine, I used to work with the special forces mm. where it's quite normal to jump out of a plane yeah. or a helicopter yeah. uh, or getting out of a submarine underwater so with with that in mind i'm very calm now being a dad and all yeah <laughs> <laughs> well i'm i'm gonna i'm just gonna say thank you so much again for both of you um charlie later but certainly frederick for coming on to the podcast it's been really interesting i hope um, the majority of the podcast is, um, you know, people can listen to it and, and understand what's being said, because I know we lost connection a couple of times, but the podcast yep. is called Raising Successful Kids. So I always finish off with asking what my guests think. What does raising successful kids mean to you? To me, it means uh, allow the, the kids to be the best version of themselves that they can be, mm-hmm. uh, not push them too hard allow them to find their own way, their own interests. What do I mean with the latter? My dad wanted all of us to be engineers, which resulted in that no one became an engineer. Okay. (laughs) And, uh, yeah, allow the kids to find their own way. Don't be too over-caring. Allow them to do some mistakes because that's where they will bounce up and they will learn from it. Yeah. If they're not allowed to do mistakes when they're young, they will not dare to make mistakes later in life. Yeah. My dad is very unselfish when it comes to uh, parenting me. He does a lot of things for me which is like um, which he doesn't benefit from. Oh, but the, there you see, I think he does because he, he sees you growing and he sees you experiencing life in a different way to how he did. As a parent, you get so much enjoyment vicariously from seeing your kids grow and experience things that you you didn't have the opportunity to or didn't even know existed. So, All right. Thank you you so much for coming on to the podcast, both of you. It's been fantastic. Hi, everyone. I just wanted to finish off the podcast um, that I've just recorded with Frederick Sandoval and his son, Charlie. Um, I hope that the fact that some of the internet connection was coming in and out um, hasn't spoiled your enjoyment of the podcast. Um, As I said, Frederick is somebody that I've wanted to have on the podcast for a very long time, and I've seen him at various events that I've been going to, and um, he is a cool Swede, uh, but somebody that I just didn't think that I could connect with for some reason. And, you know, we had a kind of a call to action that if you want people on your podcast, then you have to go and ask them. And and he approached me, which I think was um, fantastic. So I hope that you were able to glean a lot of the gold that came over, because I think the way that he teaches his children to think and be successful is 
something that is incredibly inspiring and very motivating. So let me know what you thought about it. You know, um, if you want to see similar guests like that, then please let me know and I'll see what I can do. In all that we do and everything that we're doing with the young people in our lives and those people that we work with, let's just continue to encourage them and to motivate them and to inspire them, put them in contact with people who we think will do that, encourage them to read, encourage them to um, investigate successful people and why they're successful so that they are then encouraged to think and be successful themselves. Thanks so much for listening and um, I'll speak to you again soon.